The Circular Ruins by Jorge Luis Borges is this amazing, fantastical story about this sorcerer who appears on this, like, coast, comes out of the water, basically, and starts worshipping at this, like, ancient ruined temple, this pagan temple that's been destroyed by fire. And it has such a electrifying great first sentence. It's one of these long Borgesian sentences, very poetic. No one saw him slip from the boat in the unanimous night. No one saw the bamboo canoe as it sank into the sacred mud. And yet within days, there was no one who did not know that the taciturn man had come there from the south and that his homeland was one of those infinite villages that lie upriver on the violent flank of the mountain where the language of the Zend is uncontaminated by Greek and where leprosy is uncommon. And so this, this sorcerer in this temple has this crazy project and his project is to create a human being, a kind of disciple that he wants to animate and give life to and then like implant in the real world. And the way he does this is in his dreams, he needs to form and mold this person. So it's extremely important that he sleeps every night and that when he sleeps, he dreams and he has these vivid lucid dreams where he is sculpting this person. And it's this incredibly difficult, arduous task. It's a task that takes years and years. In the first try, he, uh, he dreams a, a amphitheater filled with students and he's lecturing and he's trying to find the ideal student, the student who pushes back, but also is very smart. And it ends up just failing. Um, he goes through periods of insomnia where he can't sleep and he can't dream. Eventually, he hits upon a project which succeeds, which involves creating this disciple, this human being, from a single beating heart and sculpting the sinews and the blood vessels and the veins that emanate from it. And over the course of this process, he's in contact with a sort of one of these deities, these gods uh, that are worshipped in this temple. And the god tells him that when, when the time is right, this uh, disciple of yours will be implanted in the world at a temple downstream, downriver, another one of these destroyed temples. And the mark of, on him, the sign that he's a phantom, that he's really just your hallucination that you created, is that he won't be touched by fire, that fire will know, fire will see that he's a mere reflection. This causes some agony to the sorcerer because the sorcerer really feels parental towards this creature and he says, imagine the vertigo. Quote, he feared that his son would meditate upon his unnatural privilege and somehow discover that he was a mere simulacrum, to be not a man, but the projection of another man's dream. What incomparable humiliation what vertigo after the sorcerer's project is complete he 
he hears eventually that there's this creature walking around this human that sort of appeared out of nowhere at one of these temples downstream and he understands that he succeeded and his dreams now return to normal dreams to regular human dreams and he feels that there's nothing left really in his life there's nothing really to live for and there's this sort of moment of meteorological things going on with clouds overhead and suddenly before we know it this destroyed temple becomes consumed in flame and our sorcerer feeling that his work is done he plunges he walks into the flame quote he walked into the tatters of flame but they did not bite his flesh they caressed him bathed him without heat and without combustion with relief with humiliation with terror he realized that he too was but appearance that another man was dreaming him and this is such a classic Borgesian story it hits on so many of the Borgesian tropes for one this idea that Borges loved to explore the indistinguishability between reality and hallucination between what's real and what we perceive as being real what we dream Borges saw the world as being primarily mental phenomena something that we construct in our minds and there's no reason to privilege the physical world to the reality of a hallucination which might feel as real in the story we get a very concrete representation illustration of this idea that that reality is something which gets constructed in the mind and for Borges who himself was an author who loved to construct worlds and imagine worlds he felt he believed that he was in a constructed world and he describes that experience of that vertigo that sense of shock and awe and potentially despair or humiliation of being aware of your own incorporeality and, and this theme of infinite regress this theme of reflection of simulacra the dreamer dreams a person who dreams a person who dreams a person and so on and so forth the person is being dreamed and the dreamer is being dreamed forever and ever and there's another theme which appears in the story which I think is a really underappreciated Borgesian theme it comes up a lot and is often goes unnoticed but is a really powerful thing that Borges loves to do and it's this idea that the thing being sought is actually the seeker and the most clear example of that theme you get in a wonderful Borges story it's sort of like a it's an early Borges story and it was sort of like a literary hoax at the time it's a wonderful kind of essay that Borges wrote called The Approach to Al-Mutasim and this is a story about a young lawyer who lives in India who's Muslim and he's living in this time in this context of sectarian violence between Muslims and Hindus 
and he gets involved in a street brawl. There's like this chaos in the streets and he ends up killing a Hindu. And as a result, he has to hide from the uh, authorities and he ends up becoming a member enmeshed in the lowest class in the caste system in India. And he's living with people who are extremely poor and often criminal elements of society. And he ends up sort of just moving throughout these elements of society. And Borges is writing an essay about this book called The Approach to Al-Mutasim, which doesn't actually exist. And so he's, but that's sort of the joke. That's like the literary hoax element. But he's writing, of course, as if this book does exist. And he's talking about the different versions of the book and how the second version of the book is much worse than the first version of the book. Anyway, but Borges in this essay describes that he goes on this pilgrimage, this whole journey, meeting all these people, traversing India. And in, through his encounters, he, he gets the sense that there's this individual, there's this person, this Al-Mutasim, that other people have met and other people have known, and he sees reflections of that person in the people that he meets. And he becomes consumed by this urge to meet this man, this Al-Mutasim. And he's on this pilgrimage to find this man, and every person that he meets is sort of getting him closer and closer. And the book, The Approach to Al-Mutasim, ends with our protagonist in the corridor, approaching the room where Al-Mutasim is, and calling out and opening the door. And at that point, the book ends. And of course, it's uh, in this essay, Borges is wonderfully playful and vague and ambiguous, but the sense that we get from the story and, and the kind of literary reading that Borges is doing in trying to explain why version 2 was inferior to version 1 is that the, the only way the story makes sense, the only way the story resolves, is that the, the young man, what he's searching for is himself. Al-Mutasim is the mirror. The seeker is really just seeking himself in the end. Lastly, I think Borges was very concerned about this question of what explains reality? What explains existence? What justifies the substances, the substance of our world? Why does something exist rather than nothing? If we assume there's some moment of creation or some cosmic moment of expansion, what justifies the existence of that border between nothing and nothingness? How do you make sense of these borders? And I think Borges believed and argued that the kind of reality that is most substantial, that has the strongest claim towards its existence, that is the most justifiable and solid is the reality of the infinite regress, is the reality of the two parallel mirrors, that corridor that extends for infinity. The simulation within the simulation within the simulation ad infinitum, or perhaps a circular version where the dreamer dreams someone else who dreams the dreamer in a kind of loop. And those were the kind of structures that Borges loves to play with.